Welcome to the Coochie Cast, episode 13, Untitled. <laughs> we don't need a title this time. No, this is just us talking about, kind of summing up everything and then having discussing our thoughts on it. Yeah, this is just a very whatever episode. It's a discussion-based episode. It's a forum, if you will. Very discussion-based around Chikai. Unfortunately. Fortunately for me... So my name is Kat. I am the most offensive man alive, according to Faye. That's true. My pronouns are he and him. I am an artist and a hasty translator within the fandom. I haven't done both of those things in a while. But you can find all the translations I've done so far on my Tumblr blog, Kyatozanmai. You can find me on Twitter at It's Kyato, and also at Let's Kyato for my live tweets, and also at KurosuCat for my art. You just have a hundred Twitter accounts. At some point, you gotta compartmentalize. <laughs> I mean, if you're following my main account for my art, I legitimately feel bad for you. Hello, I'm Faye, and I'm thinking about Catboy Coochies. My pronouns are she, her. I do writing and art for the fandom occasionally. You can find me at Toy Money on Twitter, Toy Coogee on AO3, and the typical content warnings for Coogee shipping apply. How am I more offensive than Chikai? You want to bang him, and that's just awful. At least Chikai doesn't want to bang himself. Okay, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Chikai banging himself, <laughs> let's talk about the Chikai redemption arc. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I feel like this is going to be just kind of us summarizing what we've been talking about in the past few episodes, particularly about the fandom. Um, and also the merch, how the extra events have all come together to create this being we know as Chikai. This amalgamation. <laughs> Who makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so Chikai in the show, he's terrible. He's just pure awful. The only time that we really get like nice Chikai is in the episode 9 flashbacks. And even then, he's like only half there, you know? He's not looking as happy as Baby Toy. His main character trait is being an asshole. Yeah, that's about it. Because otherwise, like, current Chikai being a better guy, like, you see him in episode 8 kind of being a silly, pathetic Nissan, having baby pictures, just talking about Toy. But then he tries to kill Enta, and you're like, oh yeah, he really sucks. <laughs> He's just genuinely terrible. <laughs> And I feel like episode nine is especially supposed to convey that by, you know, having him point a gun at Toy's head. I think all the fans at that point, you know, are like, this guy is the worst. Yeah, this guy fucking sucks. <laughs> and I think that's also why they didn't explicitly show Chikai, like, taking the bullet for Toy. They didn't show him pushing Toy out of the way or getting in front of the bullet. It just kind of cuts from Chikai pointing the gun at Toy, you hear a gunshot. And then you see the aftermath, but you don't get to see him be, like, heroic or good, because that's not what it's trying to say. Yeah, it's, like, as, like, sort of unexpected to Toy as it is to us. Yeah. That he would do that for Toy. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Oh, God. Toy! Come on! Oh, I hate it. So, yeah, Chikai sucks in the show. But then you have 
Chikai in the merch and the extra material where he's just kind of hanging out casually with everyone <laughs> and toy and like it's fine. He's just kind of a silly Nissan, especially in the drama CDs. He's not a threat, really. He's just doing scam calls and being pathetic. Yeah, that's the weird thing. In the anime, we just see, like, Chikai being a scumbag and, like, killing people and harming children. <laughs> but for some reason, we still love this guy. Yeah, and that gets into the Chikai and the fandom, which seems it's essentially a mix of those things where it's like you do get scumbag Chikai, who's terrible, but you also get the, I don't know if it's necessarily influenced by the extra material, but the happier Nissan kind of stuff. But you get a good mix of that, whereas like in the extra material, you don't really get much darker Chikai. I can't really think of, like, the, I think the closest would be like the Seiyu event where he was talking about how, you know, connections disappear and stuff like that. But that was still him saying how, you know, connections are like a sweet dream or whatever, which is still more lighthearted. <laughs> and then in the show, you don't really get lighthearted Chikai. Though the extra materials, they're very lighthearted. With all the characters than in the show, where it's just pain and suffering <laughs> until the end. Yeah, but it's definitely interesting that, like, Chikai of all people is this <laughs> figure of comic relief. And especially the fact that, say, Haruka has more of a presence in the show. He's more important in the show itself, but he otherwise doesn't really have a presence in the extra material all that much, so especially compared to Chikai. And especially in fandom, too. Haruka isn't super in fandom. Chikai of all characters, the scumbag Aniki. Yeah, it's just wild to me. And it's also interesting that Chikai has a profile on the website, but Haruka doesn't? Or any of the other side characters? That's, like, weird. Yeah, that is true, and that was even before, you know, the fan response, really. That was before the show even aired. Interesting. Um, and so then we go into, like, why, though? But why? Why is it like this? Why do we love this stupid motherfucker so much? Yeah. My question, like, my first question for this is, comparing the Chikai in the show and the Chikai in the extra materials, do you feel that, like, they're two different characters? Or that, say, you know, they're just two different sides of Chikai that we get to see because of the particular scenarios he's in? I think they're just different aspects of Chikai. It doesn't feel out of character for him to be, like, dumb and goofy. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't say it does feel right. It feels right, but you can never really explain why. At the same time, I think I'm thinking about people who aren't really in the fandom, who, you know, watch the show and then maybe go on to listen to the drama CDs or look at some of the art, especially in the anthology where you have these nice pictures of Chikai and Toy. And, like, what do they think? What does a layman think of Chikai's presence in the show? Like, why does he get all the spotlight? Exactly. I feel like a lot of responses that I see from people who are watching the show or who have, like, just finished and, you know, haven't gone into the fandom, especially not the Japanese fandom, don't like Chikai very much. Usually. I mean, there's, you know, plenty of people who do like Chikai. Despite everything. <laughs> like when I was going to college, I would talk about Sadazanmai with like more casual anime fans. And like a couple of them, they just didn't really like Jakai. They didn't care when he died. <laughs> they, like one of them said, oh, he's a tool. And I can't disagree with no, that. True. 
It's completely true. Chikai is an absolute tool. No, that's my experience too. When I would show people stars on my, it it would pretty much just be like, oh, Toys Brothers sucks. <laughs> Basically, the response, not even learning his name or anything. And yet, that scene it made me cry like a little baby. Why is that? Even when I didn't care about Chikai, I was so sad <laughs> at the flashbacks. And it's because Chikai, he doesn't really have much to do with, like, the actual plot of the show. Everything he does is just, like, on the side. His activities from episodes 2 to 7 are a complete mystery, except in episode 4 when he's drowning a guy in a bathtub. Like, even when Toy is with him, it doesn't have much to do with, like, the overall plot with, like, the plates and stuff. But the thing is that Chikai is Toy's entire motivation. Everything that Toy does is for Chikai, and you just really want Toy to succeed because he's so fucking desperate. Yeah. And, like, why wouldn't you, after you saw what happened in episode four, why wouldn't you want Toy to be happy? That's what Toy thinks is going to make him happy, and we're just kind of like, sure, kid, whatever you want, please just be happy. So when Chikai kicks the bucket, sacrificing himself for Toy, that's why it's heart-wrenching. Not the fact that Shikai is dead, but because Toy just lost all motivation. Yeah, we're sad because Toy is sad. <laughs> we don't want Toy to be sad. Literally Toy no Tomini for everybody. <laughs> And so then I wonder if the Chikai who is in the extra materials, who is more lighthearted, is that a response to the fandom or is it because everyone just kind of wants Toy to be happy? <laughs> and, you know, was it planned? I think everyone just really wants Toy to be happy. And I think at least in like Ishikawa's case, she also wants Chikai to be happy. She wants Chikai to smoke and wear cool clothes. Smoke and look sexy. Well, no. It, yeah, there, it is interesting because there are some extra materials that do seem to be a response, but then there are some that don't seem to be like the profile thing. He, instead of Haruka, gets this profile. And what is the purpose of that? Because I, I do I do like the profile as a characterization tool for Chikai. I mean, even just his blood type being O, which is kind of, <laughs> you know, how blood type, um, you know, in anime is all. It's the MBTI yeah. of anime. <laughs> Okay, blood type O is often described as rakanshugi or optimistic. They are outgoing, have leadership abilities, and are able to set the mood for groups of people. They don't care much about the little things, so their behavior sometimes freaks out more sensitive A types. Though they're often late to events and sometimes rude, O types are incredibly resilient and flexible, enabling them to roll with the punches. And Shikai's had to roll with the punches his <laughs> entire freaking life. Yeah, it's, this is like half Chikai. He's not optimistic, but you can definitely see how he maybe was in the past. I also disagree with the leader thing because he sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, he's... And he isn't a good team player. Toy's type is B, right? Because they have <laughs> compatibility on this. <laughs> Hold on. No, he's A. Type A and Type O have very different personalities. A is sensitive, but O is not. They cover each other's weaknesses, but the differences may stress them out. That's it, exactly, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's them. <laughs> okay, anyway. And then also on Chikai's character, she, like... <laughs> His type! His type. His type! I know. <laughs> cat, cat, what is it again? Someone who won't betray him. <laughs> Which one? 
Good fucking luck with that as a mobster, you fucking idiot. Yeah, I wonder who's the one person who would never betray him. I am currently handing Chikai the biggest, fattest L on the planet. <laughs> and I like, I, I still like the the other translation, which is someone obedient, which is also very good. <laughs> which is also toy. God, we don't talk enough about that in the fandom. I don't think anyone wants to. No one wants to, but I will. I'll say it. <laughs> You're so brave. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there's things that aren't a response to the fandom where Shikai gets more attention than the others. But then there's some like the Anime Bros cover, which is absolutely a response to the fandom. It has to be because it's the runaway AU. <laughs> this is, got a, this yeah. is my conspiracy theory. It's just Kaioko Ishikawa's take on the runaway AU. Because I don't see another purpose for having for showing Chikai and Toy running away being a happy thing like with how it's presented in the show <laughs> as not a happy thing at all it has to be something for the fandom either that or you just see giant text on the screen that says Toy's ideal world <laughs> this is Toy's dream him with Otter Chikai in their Otter car with their Otter money Otter Akio car actually that would make sense completely <laughs> Of course, the otter would give him an, an Akio car. <laughs> oh no, no! You're right, though. But yeah, so then, how it, when it comes to their relationship in the show versus in the extra material is particularly funny because Shikai is so toxic to Toy in the show, and we are repeatedly told again and again that this is bad for Toy, and that he should be with Kazuki and Enta, who are significantly better for him. But then in the extra materials, you get things like the anime bros cover or Miggy's art or <laughs> that um, Ishikawa postcard where Toy is just so happy with Chikai. And what what are we supposed to take from this? Toy happy. Toy happy. Don't think about it. Toy happy. Toy happy. He, this, this is what he wants. <laughs> this is what he wants. As Toy fans, we must support this. I'm happy that he's happy. I'm happy Chikai isn't, like, hitting him or anything. <laughs> I'm happy that they don't appear to be doing any crimes right now. Well, other than the <laughs> the enemy bros cover, which I just feel like a lot of crimes going on in that one picture. But it's crimes that they do together. Aww. Man, now, now I just remembered that one, like, little tiny comic that Migi made. It's only, like, two panels, but it's, like, Toy telling Chikai, like, Nissan, if you can't make up your mind, then I'll make it for you. And then Chikai's just like, oh, we're threatening Aniki now, are we? How interesting. And I think it's really interesting, like, the difference between that and the fandom, with Chikai referring to himself with Aniki. Mm. But in the fandom, you see a lot of Chikai referring to himself with Nichan. Well, because that's how he does it in episode 8, where he's quoting Toy. And so you would think, maybe, he would just do that to make fun of Toy later. I really want him to. Yeah. Nichan is much better than Aniki, but Aniki is probably his Yakuza mode. I wonder if we're gonna get more of that in the manga. Oh man, I hope. Please, Miki! <laughs> You're all we have. Like, it's completely antithetical to what we've been talking about with Toy Happy, but... Ooh, Miki, you're Chikai's. But let's be real, we're not gonna get much Toy Happy in the in the manga either. And then, I guess, is it time we can talk about how, how their relationship is in the fandom? Yes, it's time to talk about the stats. Um, so these aren't 
hard stats. Do not take these numbers as being inclusive of anything. Um, these are just what I, I looked on Toranoana, the Dojin site, and then on Pixiv for these numbers. And, you know, on, especially on Toranoana, a lot of Dojins go up and come down, so they are not representative. I think it just, I think it generally speaks to how the fandom has been in the, how I've seen it. Um, but the numbers themselves aren't accurate. <laughs> Um, and so with Toranoana, um, with Dojins, there's 62 Kuji Dojins, and that's uh, with the pairing tag. Um, Chikai is also in 75 Dojins, Toy is in 115. And a lot of the ones that Chikai is in are just platonic Kuji bros that aren't tagged with the pairing tag. And then compare that to Kazuki, who's in 42, um, and Enta, who is in 35. And then you have the ship specifically. Kazuen has three dojins. Kazutoi has 12. Entoi has nine. Um, but this also, again, is there are no, there's no platonic tag also. And there's no trio tag for like the trio pairing. So I don't know. And we're not including Rayo Mabu here because they are outliers <laughs> and should not be counted. <laughs> yeah, they just know that they dominate the numbers. Yeah, they they are number one no matter what. It's like not counting One Piece in your anim- in your manga analysis. <laughs> um, and then on Pixiv, for just the characters themselves, uh, Chikai has two hundred thirty works. Uh, Toy has seven hundred eighty two. Kazuki has four hundred eighty three. Enta has five hundred six. So this is very interesting to me because then compare that with the ships. Uh, so the bros, the the platonic Kuji bros tag has two hundred twenty four. The ship has 353. And of course, there may be overlap between those two. There may be duplicates in that. And then compare that to Toy Kazu has 254. Uh, Kazu Toy has 779, um, plus another 25, I think. There's multiple tags for that. And then Toy N has 178. So this is very interesting because the trio have more works than Chikai. You know, it would make sense because they're the main characters. But then when it comes to shipping, the Chikai ship has more than any of the trio ships. And also, I think it's really funny to point out that the Kazuto tag has a higher R18 ratio than the To Kazu tag. I just want to point that out for everyone, <laughs> because it's correct. <laughs> and what's what's the Kuji ratio of that? It's a lot. <laughs> I can't remember if it's, if it's like lower or higher than Rayomabu, but it's up there. It's higher, I think. Yeah, I think it's higher. <laughs> Rayo Mabu has just a lot of works. <laughs> yeah, Rayo Mabu is in the thousands. It's not fair. They got a head start. They had their manga. And their canon. And also their canon. But the pics of numbers make me think that the fandom response, or like the fandom motivation, I guess, uh, is not necessarily Chikai as a character, but more the ship or just the... I don't know, what is it called? Like the character, the grouping for more platonic term. That people just kind of want Chikai and Toy content. Not necessarily because they're huge fans of Chikai, but probably more because they're huge fans of Toy. You can't be a fan of Chikai without being a fan of Toy. <laughs> unless you're an asshole on 4chan. Oh my god, I can't believe that there would be anyone who's like, Chikai is great, fuck Toy. Everyone on 4chan wants to fuck Chikai, but there's like some detractors for toy because they're <sighs> okay. This is like an absolute tangent, but fuck it. It's a rambling <laughs> episode. There was like these, a couple of dumb motherfuckers that were like, Oh toy. He's such a Mary Sue. Like he, like he has no flaws. <laughs> and then people would bring up toys flaws and they would be like absolutely silent on it. 
And then they would be like, Toy has no flaws, you fuckers. Oh, sorry, 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 fellas. Chikai isn't gonna fuck you. <laughs> Chikai's not gonna come out of the TV fucking Sadoka style and fuck you. We've established that this man would not even fuck himself. <laughs> They're just jealous of Toy. How sad. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. I think it's also those fuckers who are the same types that hurl, like, homophobic slurs at Enta. Anyway. <laughs> of course. Pure degenerates who want to fuck Chikai. <laughs> so yeah, I just think that's an interesting look at the fandom that has, I guess, informed the merchandising and event response. Oh, and also I guess we should talk about how Chikai is portrayed in the fandom itself. There's this thing that I like to call the fan art Chikai dichotomy. It's sort of a spectrum. On one side is loving Nichon, and the other side is sick fuck scumbag Aniki. <laughs> Your fan art lies on somewhere between one of these two. That is true. Yeah, I, it's so interesting that you get both Chikais. And I do blame the canon because you get terrible Chikai, but then the merch is like, look, he's a soft Nissan who loves his little brother. It's canon's fault. <laughs> It's Cannon's fault we have sick fuck Aniki. <laughs> you saw him grab baby toy's face. Yeah, 21-year-old Chikai especially is like the worst Chikai, so he's a good target for <laughs> for terrible Chikai. A lot of the sick fuck Aniki, that's mostly like 21-year-old Chikai. <laughs> I do actually like I think that's a really interesting characterization point. Even the way Chikai is when he's 21, like super angry and mean, but then you get him at 25. And he's a lot more chill. Until you get to episode 9 where he's like cackling at his MLM downline as he's shooting them. <laughs> oh god. We, lo we love an insane king. He has so many different personalities. There's a quote from Ikohara that I don't remember off the top of my head. It's something about like the most interesting characters never have like a single personality. But yeah, that certainly applies to Jakai. Oh yeah. That's why we, I mean, that's why he is so interesting because he's not just this total scumbag that you see in most of the show because then it shows you this total scumbag also carries this picture of his baby brother around with him and he wasn't always a total scumbag. This man has layers. He's like an ogre. <laughs> Once again, Chikai is Shrek. Okay, now we, I think we should also talk about concept art Chikai because we haven't talked about him yet and he's important. Ah, yes. Good old concept art Chikai looking like a fucking meth dealer from Newburgh, Oregon. Mm. Just look at that trucker hat. Oh, God. Yeah, so the Ishikawa concept art Chikais in the book, one of the art books, they are the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. So if you told me that that's Chikai, I would. I would die. I would punch you. Like, how dare you You point at this <laughs> and tell me it's Chikai. Fuck you. There's some where he's just, he has like a normal hairstyle. Like, it's smoothed down and he's a normal dude. What's up with that? So there's like one section of the page where it's like very clean cut. There's one with a mole. He looks like conventionally attractive. And it's so offensive to me. It really, I hate it. You look at this man and tell me he kills people. I probably <laughs> would still believe you, but I would have like 
maybe a little shred of doubt. It would come as a surprise. I mean, he's just... <laughs> He just looks like generic young dude. Where it's like, yeah, he could. He's probably in college dealing drugs to people, and but he's nice. And and all these pictures, he's smiling, which I think is nice. It's like, and not even Chikai's usual smirk or his just terrible look. These all seem to be just genuine, nice smiles. And it doesn't even look like he has the eye bags. Like, come on, who is this? And then the next Chikai section. So you get blonde Chikai, which actually is an interesting concept. <laughs> Chikai dyeing his hair to be blonde. I would, you know what? I would take that over the other ones. And then there's another one where he has like sort of brown hair. And I guess it's like sort of closer to what we got, but he's got a hat on. I don't see Chikai wearing a hat. Like, come on. Just imagine Chikai always showing up in a different hat. (sighs) Awful. (laughs) He would wear fedoras and he'd look okay in them. What the fuck? What's that that Ishikawa art? I don't think it's a fedora, but it looks like one. No, that's Toy wearing it. Oh, right. That's Toy Anko. And he looks really nice. He does. Toy always looks good. And <laughs> then the final Chikai on that page. He looks like George Cry from Hugto Precure. And if you, you have seen Hugto Precure and you know who George Cry is, that is incre- <laughs> That is an insult to the highest degree. He's all, he has the eye bags. Um, he has dark hair, and his hair is messy, but it's like a a good looking kind of messy, like an evil anime boy kind of messy. Say it. I know you want to say Komaeda. <laughs> he's, he's just a different version of Komaeda. He's he would be the next one if if that was the Chikai we got. We would have the <laughs> the Komaeda stands coming into the Sarazan my fandom. This would have made Chikai the next Tumblr sexy man. And I'm glad we didn't get it. That would have been terrible. I would have liked Chikai less if everything else was the same, but he had this design. If he was, like, actually a good-looking anime guy, that would... No. I couldn't take it. You cannot make this man conventionally attractive and still have him be attractive, goddammit. <laughs> I know that doesn't make sense. He has a particular appeal. The sleaze is the appeal. <laughs> to the degenerates on 4chan. And me! <laughs> and then there's Mickey's concept Chikai. I want to break him in half. <laughs> he's So he's younger, he's like closer in age to Toy, and he has Toy's hairstyle too, but it's pulled back on one side. It's quite cute. I actually like that, them having the same hairstyle in this alternate world, <laughs> where they actually look like brothers. Yeah, and he has, like, a a chain on his pants, so that's kind of like the thing on Toy's pants and his casual design. Yeah, he looks, like, much closer to Toy, but he's also, like, still recognizable as Chikai. Yeah. But then Ikuhara came in and said, nah, he looks too young. (laughs) Make him look like he's 50 when he's 25. Make him look like Tsuda Ken. (laughs) Honestly, I think that's probably what happened. I doubt that's what happened, but like... But it could be because it's interesting. So other than these Ishikawa concept arts, which don't look anything like Chikai at all, then you get Miggy's, which is... You can kind of see how Chikai transforms, but then it goes from in the... Let's see, in the first DVD kind of rough sketch where it's showing all the concept art for the characters. Um, you even have like a different kind of concept for Otone and everything and Sara. Chikai is still just Chikai. Like there's no difference in him from his final design. So Miggy somehow went from that young Chikai to this older Chikai. And I blame Suda Ken. And it's really interesting trying to think of like how late Chikai came into the show. Mm-hmm. 
because we've seen the pilot PV that was pitched around in 2017. Yeah. And those had like really different designs for the for the main trio. Like not too different, but Toy definitely had the most changes. Mm. Like he doesn't even have his hoodie. He has a different belt. His hair is a little different. Everything just doesn't look final in the pilot PV. As it shouldn't because <laughs> it's a pilot. You compared that design to the design that you see of Toy right next to all of the beta chikais. The toy that you see next to those Chikais, it looks like much more final. It looks closer to the actual show, mm -hmm. which tells me that Chikai's development, it must have been like really late. Oh, hi. Editing Kyoto here. I almost forgot about this piece of concept art from 2016 where Toy explicitly mentions Nissan. So Chikai's always been there, but we just don't know to what extent he was involved in the plot. Or if he had a name at all. But yeah, that's there. Yeah, it's really interesting because even in the PV, you get, you see like Toy has a gun and everything. He has that little gun on his arm, which is cool. <laughs> but these Chikais in the concept art, they don't look like criminals, really. Because I was like, well, I guess, you know, who Chikai is doesn't really affect Toy all that much. But it's the criminal aspect. And we see that Toy has that criminal aspect even in that early PV. So that's kind of interesting. Like, did they always plan for Chikai to be a criminal? Or was Toy just getting into criminal stuff to, like, help his brother? Who knows? And even when they had the design for Chikai, there's concept art of the boys next to their siblings. And, like, Haruka's named, Oton is named, but Chikai still doesn't have a name. He's still referred to as Toy's big brother. How long did it take for them to come up with that pun? <laughs> I know. Or did they have it in mind all along? What is the story here? I want to know. Yeah, I was going to say, because like their names are very related. I mean, it's basically just the opposite of Toy's name. <laughs> How far into development did the Soba thing come in? Yeah, we don't see much indications of like the Soba thing in concept art. God, that must have been like an amazing breakthrough. Like an earth shattering breakthrough. Like a Jimmy Neutron brain blast. <laughs> When they came up with that, like, holy fuck! It really is. It's so good. I mean, come on. And then the episodes four and nine thing is just, there's so much. The planning that it took for these two. My, my lord. It's a miracle. <laughs> That's why we, we love them. Even Chikai, who is a scumbag. <laughs> we, we have to accept him because Toy loves him. We're like parents begrudgingly accepting that our son has a boyfriend that we don't <laughs> like. I mean, that's how Ikuhara clearly feels, too. Dump him! <laughs> His precious toys dating a fuckboy. Which is just what he says about Chikai. I love that. I love that Ikuni just has no love for Chikai. Ikuhara, who hurt you? <laughs> I know, that's what he was talking about. Them being like boyfriend and girlfriend or like a, a bad relationship kind of thing. I think he was talking about like how in general you see these relationships, stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> but it clearly sounded like he was speaking from experience. I wouldn't be shocked. Now I'm remembering that one article where he was talking about his first time. Ooh. But then it elaborates and it was his first time like encountering the police because <laughs> <laughs> he, found, he found his ex, who was also his roommate at the time, having sex with someone else on his bed. <laughs> and then he got into a fight with the dude. That's what you gotta do. 
Could you imagine Chikai being in that scenario? And that man was Chikai. <laughs> so this week in the Kaochao fandom, which <laughs> which is just what it is now, there is no Kuji fandom. Welcome to the Kaochao cast. <laughs> so it seems like every day there is a new Kaochao discourse. And by discourse, I mean the most neutral usage of the word I can possibly muster. <laughs> no one has anything bad to say about Kaocha. I can assure you that. Who would? Only a monster would hate Kaocha. Come on, look at him. Only Yenta. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but yeah, there seems to be a new Kaocha discourse every day when I wake up and go on Twitter. And so a couple days ago, an interesting question was brought into my mind, and now it lives in my head rent-free. And that is, what if the Kaocha Ranch is just a front? What if it's a money laundering scheme? That honestly makes more sense than Chikai actually running a farm. Because why would he want to work hard? If we go under the assumption that Kaocha has no monetary value, and yet Chikai has a Kaocha farm... He's got to be making money somehow. It's with the weed. They're secretly growing weed. But would it- <laughs> I hope the Kauchas don't get into it. <laughs> it keeps it away from the Kauchas. It's just a repeat of the drama CD where Kazuki eats a weed. <laughs> Except it's Kaucha. Kaucha thought they were vegetables. They find one of them just grazing on the plants. Oh no, he can't move. <laughs> no, it's terrible. I hate Chikai. At least lock up the weed room. But I do like the idea that Chikai is just doing terrible stuff in order to give Kaochas a good life on a farm. That somehow also has fully grown toy. <laughs> just working at the farm with him. <laughs> well, come on. Okay, Chikai can't be alone. He's <laughs> He needs some kind of stabilizing force there. I love how the fandom has just separated toy and baby toy into two completely different characters. So much so that you can just you can just multiply baby toy. Yeah, you could just have fourteen year old toy and baby toy just hanging out and no one questions it. No one has even questioned Kaocha, really. No one has asked any questions about it and I'm fine with that. I mean Kaocha just is. He just is, and that's okay. If Chikai came across a Kaocha, he wouldn't question it. He would just adopt it. He would just give it a loving home on this ranch with like a million other Kaocha. It's a good AU. It's the best AU. Okay, but imagine them making more money off of people seeing the Kaocha than actually, like, dealing the weed. I mean, I would love to go to a Kaocha farm. A petting zoo. But but it's like a, a nice petting zoo for Kaocha. Kaocha is okay with it. Kaocha wants head pats. Oh my god. Oh no, this is the best AU ever. <laughs> Move over, runaway AU. Okay, but, but Chikai, he's like, wow, we're making so much money off these cows. Maybe we don't need to do crimes anymore. Haha. -ha. And then Toy, who's been growing the weed this entire time, is just so upset that it was all for nothing. <laughs> Toy's been doing all the work and Chikai has just been petting baby cow Toy Chan. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it always like this for him? Even in Cow Cha AU. Even in Kaocha AU, where he gets the head pats from the Kaocha. Oh, please give Toy a Kaocha. Okay, in other news that has to do with the fandom, but not Kaocha necessarily, Kat and I are working on a project for Sarazan Mai that we hope will be helpful for the fandom. We can't say much right now, but we assure you it's very exciting for us. 
We're making the dream happen. This is just cat, cat and mice dream. Less of a dream, more of a necessity, but whatever. The nerdiest thing on the fucking planet. This is who we are. Yeah, I don't think there's any more news. It's just Kaucha and that. <laughs> it's just Kaucha and mysterious project that we cannot <laughs> elaborate on. Yeah. What a week. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we will have more baby cow toy chan news in the future. I think also to give like a little house cleaning sort of update on the podcast itself. I guess like, I don't know, I've been trying to do it weekly on Wednesdays, but clearly that hasn't been working out. So for now, the podcast, it's just uploading sporadically. <laughs> Basically, whenever I finish an episode, it goes up. That's how the Kujis would do it. <laughs> That's how Chikai would do it. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, we all want to follow in his footsteps. Of course. Yeah, we can we can just roll with the punches. It's fine. We're not getting paid for this. Nah. Whatever. I know, it's just supposed to be a fun thing, so. No stress over a niche as hell podcast. <laughs> exactly. We're literally just doing it because we have to talk about these two or we will die. We have to info dump or we will die. Yes, exactly. I don't it's, if anyone listens to it, it's whatever. I just have to I have to have something where I can talk about them. <laughs> what else are podcasts for? 